What's up, what's up everybody and welcome to Strength Center Strong Radio. This is your coach and host, Coach Caesar, and we are on episode number 12. And man, I am pumped. <laughs> I'm so excited for today's episode. We have a special guest, which is my bodybuilding and, and powerlifting coach, Alberto Nunez. Alberto is one of the founders of 3DMJ. He's a pro natural bodybuilder under the WNBF Federation. And he's been a huge inspiration for natural bodybuilders all over the world for years now, man. I am super excited. And now, without further ado, let's get this podcast started, guys. I hope you enjoy it. Subscribe, spread the love, and tell your friends, family, loved ones all about it. All right, guys? Uh, let's do it. Let's get into it. All right. Ready? I'm ready, man. All right, dude. First thing, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to have you on this and and you know have a conversation with you, talk about stuff. I I, I truly appreciate you, man. You definitely you've changed the game for me from you know my perspective and and how I coach and help people and stuff. You've definitely been a, a big influence on that. So thank you. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Um, how many of these do you have now? Uh, podcast. Okay. This is number eleven. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Oh no, twelve. Twelve. Well, yeah, these are fun, man. Sometimes I felt I'm like, hey, I'm gonna start my own little side podcast just for fun. Yeah, just like, yeah, man. This is, I, I started doing it. I'm like, man, this thing is awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, it's dope, man. If, like anyone can be the median. That's 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 good. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dope, man. All right, so I got some questions for you. I don't know if you um, there's a, a special format you wanted to go with. You want to just keep it like conversation based. Um, you tell me how you want to roll with that. I got, I got my questions right here for you. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's start with. Uh, let's just do a casual. I think casual is always good. It, it gives a Joe Rogan style vibe. Yeah. All right, cool, man. So then um, we'll we'll get into it. Um, you know, a, a lot of people listening to this um, might not know who you are. So uh, let's kind of start with your backstory first. You know, like your experience in fitness. Why did you get into fitness? Uh, a little bit about you. Yeah. Um. Shoot, uh, I think if I go way back, this is kind of crazy. Like I remember as a young kid, I was very, I had this little phase where I was like super infatuated with like muscles and vascularity. And like, you know, just, I'd look at pro bodybuilders and I'm like, man, like, I think uh, I, I'd like to look like that one day. Um, oddly enough, so like my pops, um, he lifted weights, but you know how it is. It's like, whatever the parents are, you kind of rebe rebel against a little bit. Yeah. You don't want to do what dad did. So, um, so I think is is I got older and you know became more of my own person. I'm like I, this weightlifting thing, I don't get why these guys are into it. You know, like I, I'm like eh, whatever. You know, it's like your thing. Everyone always tell me like, bro, you you overly skinny, but I I, I didn't see it. Uh, but I tried it for like the first time just because I wanted to hang out with my buddy and that's what he was doing after school. And man, it was like love it first rep basically. It's like I had not felt a exercise, I had not felt anything like uh, sports wise. It felt just so appropriate from, from the first day. And man, I was hooked. That was 1999, I was 16. And here we are 20 years later, man. And, and it's, uh, it's my first love, man. And it's still my baby, dude. It's been, yeah, it's been with me for, man, dude. it's gonna be old enough to drink uh, in months, uh, <laughs> basically. So yeah, we've been around for a while. We've seen the trends come and go and, and um, 
Yeah, man, it's it's a dope hobby. And those of y'all who are into it, you, you understand exactly why it hooks you, you know? Yeah, awesome, man. And uh, you've been you've been competing now since what, 2007? I think that's what it was, 2006? Yeah. 2007 was my, my first season. Uh, I wanted to compete as a team, but then I missed that ride. I just couldn't afford to go to NPC team nationals. And I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna do it till I'm like super ready. So nine, so like actually it was like 2001, 2002 turned into 2007. And um, yeah, that was the first time, like everyone else, we goofed it up, but then, hey, you know, you you suck it up. You realize you don't know everything. You get some help and you're like, oh wow, that, that yeah, that's that. It works better that way with guidance. Yeah, awesome, bro. Awesome, man. I mean, now uh, one of the reasons why I connected with 3DMJ was your experience, your beliefs, your coaching beliefs, all that stuff, and um, uh, you know, and, and then just hearing about your experience, knowing that I was working with you, I was pumped, man, pumped, pumped. And uh, you have this one picture that you kind of put up regularly with, like when you're all veiny and and, and stuff like that. It's like I want to eventually get to that level, so. Um, you know, again, definitely somebody that's influenced me big time on this stuff. So well, I've told you, man, it's like when it comes to your ceiling, man, it's, it's quite high, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's the problem, though. It's quite high. That means that it's a lot of trekking up you have to do, but it's high. So, yeah, yeah. You, you'll leave some classic pictures by the end of it all, man. <laughs> so who's been the most influential person for you when it comes to bodybuilding? Mm. You know, it, it, I'd say... It was, I was always a curious kid. Like I, I wanted to know why, 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 why. And a lot of the whys um, when I first started were just because, hey, I'm a good athlete, you know, and it's worked for me. And that just wasn't enough. So I ran into Lane Norton, right? Mm -hmm. Way back in like, man, this had to be anywhere between 2000 to 2002. Mm -hmm. and and, uh, and we would just frequent the same communities. And uh, he was, he didn't even have his bachelor's degree at the time. So he was not Dr. Lane Norton for sure. Um, but um, he, yeah, he just uh, showed myself and I think a lot of people a different way of, of thinking. So for a lot of us, critical thinking, our first experience with it was probably like within bodybuilding. And obviously that's a great skill to have everything else in life. So. Yeah, man, like people can say what they want about Lane. He's, he's, I'll be the first one to say, man, he's, 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 he's a little out there sometimes, but he's uh, definitely changed the way a lot of us like think and absorb in information. So yeah, Lane Norton, I think would have to be like the number one. Awesome, man. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah, I guess him with uh, Dr. Joe too have all like, they, they're, they're kind of up there as well, right? Um, like when it comes to, I guess, the pioneers in this whole uh, natural bodybuilding, uh, I guess, thing, right? Yeah, because yeah, cause like, I guess the guys that, you know, are, are enhanced, there's a lot of science there, but it's on, you know, the, the endocrine side of things, you know? And it's like, hey, we need some science too. And like, yeah, both those dudes, like I literally used to wait for that quarterly magazine to come out with like an article from Dr. Joe that was like literally like a 10 minute read, but like, I would wait quarterly for like my 10 minutes. So yeah, man, those two guys definitely, definitely just uh, made this place a better place to grow, I guess. Awesome. Awesome, man. Good, good stuff. All right. Um, 
So most of the people that will be listening to this podcast are probably not competitive bodybuilders. Um, and although it's different, there's definitely some similarities in like mm -hmm. the coaching process and all that stuff. But obviously there's a lot more work, more specificity on the bodybuilding end. So um, from your perspective, what have been your top three lessons when it came to coaching and also competing um, as an athlete too? You know, that's, that's a great point you bring up because I think both parties kind of see themselves as like very different from one another. Mm -hmm. You know, um, homegirl just walks into the gym. She's like, I don't want to be a bodybuilder, you know? Mm -hmm. Keep me away from that side and I'm good. And then like the bodybuilders are like, I don't belong with those folks, you know, elitists sometimes. Uh, when reality is like, there is a lot of like overlap. The bodybuilder is just like a regular person that took it too far. Like literally that's how we started, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's all it really is. Um, so I guess in, in regards to like lessons that I think overlap, like for both parties and mm -hmm. basically everything does. Um, I think the first one is, is like checking your why, you know, like, why is it that, that, that you, you want to pursue this? I think that's important because if your why is, is not good enough, if your why doesn't come from a healthy place, it's just not going to last or you're not going to find the fulfillment that, that you thought you would find you're doing this um so the why is, is is super important and i think people don't stop enough to like just in general think why do i do what i do mm -hmm. you know um why do i keep dating same shitty people you know why is like my career here like why am i going to the gym and it, you know it's 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 super important to, to just figure that one out, yeah, uh, and you can rearrange it. And if it's not healthy, you can rearrange it. You know, like you, you can alter it a bit. Um, and I feel like it also changes. You know, as we're going through life, as we're going through experiences, our why might change. You know, um, I, I I can look back for me before it just used to be more selfish. Um, yeah. Now it's more like for my business, it's for uh, my daughter too, as like inspiration and stuff like that. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. What's, uh, what, I guess what's number two for you? Um, so, and that's so good, man. No, you're right, dude, it does change. And uh, it doesn't mean you aborted the last mission. It just means that like, we grow up as people, you know? Um, so I'd say number two would probably be in terms of like, the workload you give yourself um, and what you commit to. I think it should always be at a level where maybe it's just a little bit more than you can right now. And I think people make the mistake where they underdose it because it's easy, you know, uh, or they way overdose it. And I think again, the bodybuilders way overdose it sometimes, you know? Yeah. And then normal people is like, hey, have a little bit more belief in yourself. And I think that's what a good coach does. A good coach, he'll know where your threshold's at. And he's like, well, you know what? I'm just going to sneak it just a little bit over here because I know you can do it. And mm -hmm. then you do it and then you're like, whoa, like now my ceiling's a little bit higher. So I think that's that's the, you know, it's just like the finding the proper level of, uh, of, uh, of I guess like dosage when it comes to like everything, when it comes to like your your diet, when it comes to your training, when it comes to your mental space that you spend thinking on this, like, you know, like mm -hmm. it, there's a sweet spot, I guess. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Uh, third one, man. 
Yeah, they're, hit me. I think those two uh, first ones are just, they're, they're essential. Um, I'd say the third one would be like, whatever you learn via this, it's like, it, it, you need to apply it to, to other stuff. Like this was my first um, thing in my life where, A, I kind of worked backwards from, from some sort of end goal and I would organize like plans and, 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 and you know, to see achieve and happen was, um, it was so fulfilling and it just makes you believe in yourself. So I think it's a shame if, you know, your progressive overload is really only taking place in the gym and, and you're not applying that same, same mindset to like other things. I remember after my first like contest season that actually went well, I was walking into an organic chemistry class, which is horrible. And, uh, I'm like, man, I am about to, my life is done and, and everything is, is, I'm gonna be hanging on for dear life. And then I, I stopped and I thought about it and I'm like, man, you just had one hell of a season. You got yourself into the shape you wanted to get yourself into. Um, and uh, maybe a slightly twisted angle, but I remember looking at all my classmates and I'm like, none of y'all have been through what I just been through. So if I, you know, take that energy that I applied to that and I applied to this class, there's no reason why I cannot get an A here as well. Um, so, so yeah, like I think fitness is a great safe space to like build up that capacity. And it comes with all sorts of bonuses too. Um, but it's a shame if you leave it in the gym once you get good at that. Right. I love it, man. Yeah, I definitely feel like it, it carries over into everything that we end up doing. You know, it, it builds up our self-confidence and uh, definitely makes us better overall as people. I think it's, uh, it's a big thing. That, that's kind of that, that's kind of what you were saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. with your clients, like, how often are you kind of finding yourself talking to them about like things that are outside of fitness? You know, because everything's a microcosm to everything, basically. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh shoot, like this, this is my client, but I just I gave them like I guess really good advice, you know, like yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. so um, so yeah, no, it all intertwines. And uh, again, fitness is is like all this, a lot of stuff you see happen in the real world, guess what? It happens in fitness um, and it's good to take notes and then like apply it to like, I guess like the real important stuff. Mm -hmm. Awesome, man. Love it, love it. So, um, you know, we're talking about that kind of stuff. Uh, where, what's been your biggest struggle? Let's say on the competing end first and then maybe we'll go into like the professional end uh, and how did you overcome that? Uh, I think on the professional, uh, on the competing side, um, it, it was probably um, just that, just like maybe not getting um, some sort of like mentorship early on because I found a lot of joy in like figuring things out on my own, mm -hmm. even though, even if like whatever I, you know, quote unquote discovered um, was information was already there. Like I, 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 I like to stumble upon those things and earn that, but man, you can kind of your growth just, and you're a good mentor doesn't give you all the answers. You know, a good coach doesn't give you all the answers, mm -hmm. but they expedite like, the rate at which you progress and help you get solid fundamentals in place. So that was the first one. I think it was just like, it was, there was just a lot of ego on my end and I wanted to do everything on my own so as, a, as an athlete that that was that was it you know um, professionally I think the biggest struggle 
has been honestly it's, it's like i've always kind of existed on the internet like mm -hmm. uh, like i knew i wanted to do something with bodybuilding i never thought the internet would allow people to to do that really um you know like big early 2000 internet was like very simple you know it was it was a napster and porn and like, hey it's, it's <laughs> now you know yeah. um and uh and so it's been a great vehicle for that but with that comes i guess some sort of uh um just like limelight and that's always something that's it's 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 you have to learn to balance that between like hey there is my internet entity and, and then like my real me um and uh and yeah so yeah internet can be a lot of things a lot of wonderful things as well but kind of learning to exist and you real maintain like your your self self like remember who you are i think is is probably probably been like something that over the last few years i've gotten better at because at the end of the day it's like I, there was a saying that I, I heard a while back and i think it's it explains some of my biggest pet peeves with bodybuilding and and it was i forgot the man who said it so i hope someone picks it up but it was along the lines of some people like bodybuilding, which is, or, or fitness, you know, whatever, or CrossFit, whatever it is that you do. Some people like bodybuilding, but some people like themselves in bodybuilding, you know? And they're two very different things. Right. So I guess so learning- like the, the love of the sport and also like just the idea of it in a sense, right? It's yeah. kind of- yeah. Or I really only love myself when I do that, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so yeah, like learning to, I guess, remember, like do everything. It's like, okay, this is a fair person and we must um, take care of them. I think has been the hardest part. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, awesome, man, awesome. Um, so I guess from here, um, you know, I, I know you've worked with athletes all over the world. Um, what's been the, I guess the top three common success habits that you've seen across the board from your top athletes that, that you've, you know, you noticed. I think number one is confidence, man. You know, like, mm. um, like the difference between say a competitive situation or many just real life situations, the difference between anxiety and excitement, you know, they feel the same like in your own body but they're projected differently. You know, a lot comes from, uh, yeah, preparation. So I think the best athletes are confident. And I think for a lot of people who might be listening to that, they're like, well, the most successful ones are confident. And I have always had a hard time with that. And it's like, well, thankfully, this is something you can build up. And the way you build that up is by like, you know, nailing those little checkpoints along the way. So, um, so yeah, it's important. Can you elaborate on the uh, checkpoints? Like what, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, um, like for me, a big one was, as much as I love lifting weights, uh, I would find myself often in those positions. It's like the time where I'm supposed to be at the gym, say it's 6 p.m. and I'm at home. Mm -hmm. you know, like this is 17, 18 year old me and I'm like, man, I should probably get to that, you know? Cause I've skipped a day and I know what it feels like, you know? So, I remember nailing those and then getting to the point where it's pretty automated and I can look back and I'm like, oh wow, like I am no longer in danger of like lack of compliance. Like mm. 
that was a nice little checkpoint for me, you know? Um, so, it, which basically means just acknowledging your, your growth over time. Because sometimes they're not direct. It's not like your coach is like, hey, I want you to get to this point. It's like, it happens, you grow, and you're like, oh, shoot. That was way back there a while ago. So, it's important to do that. Um, so, yeah, yeah. The, the confidence, huge. Um, and you can build that up, thankfully. And you build that up while making gain, making progress. So, mm -hmm. it's, it's a snowball effect for sure. Um, I'd say the real good athletes are also very, the real successful ones are really good at turning it on. Really good at what? Uh, turning it on. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think this is important because, um, it, it kind of goes back to the whole living in the moment thing. It's like, okay, when I am like lifting now, it's like, I'm, you know, when I am here uh, at work, working on this project, I am working, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's being able to, you know, like whatever's up there in front of you, whether it's like work, whether it's family time, um, it's what I've noticed. It's like, hey, you know, when it comes time to handling their gym business, they do a really good job of that. But then there they are like after the show and then just like caught up in their family moment. And you can really tell that like that interaction is very natural and it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, so that's, that's, yeah, being able to, switch into like whatever the beast mode is that you need i think is important got it so you you mean like like kind of going from off season um to yeah. to, to a contest prep yeah. um and then it could be the same thing for like for our clients that you know mostly general population um you know when they're trying to achieve let's say uh they have a wedding coming up or something like that like the fact that you know it's it's time for them like I think that's a good kind of analogy into my demographic of people there. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's losing yourself in you know that, that little task that you have to do that sometimes it's so hard to start mm -hmm. and fully commit to, but you know when you're done with that is is you're like glad I did that, you know. Yeah. Um. And the last one, kind of like I think it, it it it's just like it goes back to general life and. So like one of the, just just when it comes to success, I think one of the biggest differences between people who are successful and not is their ability to uh, cherish uh, delayed gratification. That's huge. You know? um, yeah, yeah. So like you can get your paycheck, you can go get them Jordans, but you know, like, should you really be? You know, like it's gonna make you happy now, but like, you can charge it up and save for something that's gonna make you really, really happy, you know, same five years from now. Um, and, you know, the same thing happens in the middle of, like at the micro, micro level, in the middle of a Bulgarian split squat set. You know, it's like, like I hate these, I hate these, I hate these. Uh, but, you know, in your mind you're like, but when it's done, it's gonna feel amazing and I'm gonna feel really proud of myself. Um, dieting, right? Like the cupboards speak to you, right? Like nothing yeah. will make you happier than a hundred calorie pack of Oreos right now, but you know, that, that would put you over your allotted food. Um, being able to say no to that for the sake of a bigger return later on, uh, I think is, is, is instrumental. And if you can master that, you have yourself mastered and you can train yourself to do just about anything. Yeah. And that goes for the competition level, bodybuilding, and even just regular transformation for the person that just wants to lose five to 10 pounds or whatever it is. Um, I feel like that's a, that's a big one, a big one. 
Yeah, yeah that, have- that was one of my, my struggles too. Um, during our first prep was was that uh, you know it was the first time really getting into that stuff and those those cupboards were the food was talking to me man it was it was definitely a tough one um but like after you know after having gone through that experience this time around it's it's a totally different game like i'm i'm not even thinking about food as much so. yeah and i think it's because you saw your return so it's like now you believe in that system you're like oh okay it, it works that way I've, I've charged it up before so i got this you know um but yeah, that's man, that's that's so important. There's this one uh, study; it's been duplicated many times with uh, kids and marshmallows. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Right, one. right. And it's like you, if you don't eat the marshmallow, we're gonna leave the room. When we come back, you get two. Two. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of the kids put them down. And obviously, it's such an easy thing to duplicate um, that they followed a lot of these kids through their life, and then the kids that were able to like wait that they can get their second marshmallow in general did did a whole lot better so so man it's it's, it's not just for grown-ups but it's a great thing i think to, to teach your kids even yeah 100 percent. i agree i agree all right awesome man so um we'll move on from here we'll go to uh what's the number one piece of advice that that you might give to someone trying to lose weight or trying to achieve some type of transformation goal hmm um, I think it starts from like the inside out, you know, um, and going back to the why, going back to the why, um, going back to just what are your character flaws, what, you know, what your general behavior looks like, uh, and, and then trying to modify that. And then when you control those things, it's like the rest of you kind of like follows through the exterior kind of tells you what's going on inside, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, man, there's a lot of shows where they're, uh, they're, 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 they're displaying really overweight people as like some sort of a, a exhibit and they're going through their life and then they are pounding away at like six, seven, 8,000 calories a day. And like, you know, people find it entertaining, maybe possibly a little bit um, hilarious, but like the way I see it is like, man, how depressed must you be that uh, literally those little dopamine hits that you're taking in, like that's, that's your high and you know that it's making you long-term not feel good you know not live the life you want to get, but you you keep reaching in for that thing that never really fills you up so um yeah man starting from from the inside out is 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 so important and it's it's just that the whole mental health side of things is is still a little taboo and 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 something that you know we don't like to talk about unless like oh you know that we've gotten to that point you know um but uh, but again, the gym is kind of like that. The gym is is the exterior stuff in large, um, but uh, but uh, the, the mental game is is yeah is severely severely underrated. Mental health and what that can do for you just everywhere is is just overlooked way too often. Mm. So well, I guess what would you uh, what would you say we can like people can do to improve that or. Um... You know, I guess what, what steps can people take for that so that the mental aspects of it isn't a big barrier for their goals and transformation? Yeah. Um, well, one thing is, is like time, but it usually takes a long time. Like by the time most people sort it out, they're like, I think, I think it's, what is it? People in their 60s or 70s tend to be the happiest because I think at that point they've just kind of soothed it out and they're like, I see what was going on. You know? Yeah. But there's a, 
there's an old saying in in psychology and it's like it it's uh it's you you spend the next 40 trying to get over the first five essentially you know and it's like yeah it's, that's that's like 37 now i'm like that's 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 about right man <laughs> like as you mentally cure yourself as you go so um again i'd say like you're getting mentorship on that side of things i don't think is really a bad idea like the most healthy marriage that I know, um they they have uh, therapy like regularly mm-hmm. you know um and uh and i think you know you we we hear of fit shaming and you know people who are fit they're like well he's narcissistic he's this he's that uh, when it's like no you don't get it it's like there's there's benefits it's beyond yeah this is cool but there's benefits beyond that and i think the same thing goes for um yeah just maintenance therapy i think it's it's um yeah it's 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 something i think if more people practice if i think if most people just went in once or twice i think they would see the benefits and, and what's what, what that can do for them mm-hmm. all right awesome man um i guess going going from here what what about for individuals that might want to get onto the stage or even do some type of for like competitive maybe powerlifting or whatever it is um what what advice would you say would you share with them or um i guess what what should they consider before getting up on stage or before going into a competition i think powerlifting is one of those things you can almost do fresh out the box you know once you're pretty proud of your strength gains is go get them certified and reviewed um so powerlifting again if you like to squat bench i'd say go for it you know like uh I've, i've never met a more supportive group of people than power lifters you know someone's mom's you know cheering for you as you're locking out that deadlift you know yeah. um, not like that in bodybuilding you know only your crew cheers for you you know True. <laughs> uh, um so but but with bodybuilding it's one of those things where i, I spend almost more time trying to discourage people from doing it um like I, i firstly i try to make them see if like you know what they're trying to get through this maybe we can get it through like less extreme means like just what we are kind of doing already um but if, if again like i see that if it's for the right reasons um and usually it's it's like meatheads that have kind of exhausted like all their stuff in, in the gym and they're like i just i need that next discipline i need that next that next thing to chase um in that case my biggest thing is like hey i, I like to see um at least uh what was my rule at least 24 months of eating at a surplus right and at least two successful fat loss phases within that time you know where you did it and, and you were mentally pretty intact and it went well and, and you've built up a tolerance and you're able to cope with the things that come with fat loss and and you understand how more of that to a greater extent will happen if you if you prep um which is usually like hey i need three years of i guess you living the lifestyle and if you do that um okay let's let's go for it so uh so yeah that's that's i guess those are my hard rules like three years of living living it up you know to a t and then we can do a, we, we can talk about the show but powerlifting man go get it like I, that's one sport i wish i would have done earlier okay and uh i guess what what do you love most about each one because i know you've done powerlifting but bodybuilding was more your thing um i guess what, what do you love most about each Man, they're so inverse. Um, it's funny, we talk about delayed gratification, but 
so powerlifting, I think the big day brings you, especially with Amico as well, a lot of like delayed gratification, you know? You hit your lip, you're sore in a very weird number of way. Um, satisfying, you know, the day is the highlight. And I think with bodybuilding, like the day is cool, man, but it's not as cool as powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And and really the biggest rush was like you doing all the little things you did along the way to get there that maybe no one else saw and no one else understood. Um, you know, like showing up at work mentally when like you're like, man, this is not, not what I want to do right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, making it happen and not just like, I remember sets of like on the leg extension from like 2008, just because it was such a rough day. And I'm like, I just, I need to get through and just being really held, like proud from, uh, from because I, I managed to push through that. So that's the difference. I think one gives you the high at the end, the other one too, but it's more so as you reflect and you're like, man, I put it down like day in and day out, you know? Yeah. Awesome, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let me see what else I got here for you. I'm, I'm looking at what I got. I, I, I wanted some, to ask you some specific questions. Um, uh, so let's see. Pretty asked you about those. Boom. All right, let's um let's dive into your 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 pro competitions. Um, I know you competed as a WNBF pro. Um, was it four times? I believe mm-hmm. you did. You did four pros. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, I guess what was it like? Um, what was your what were your preps like? And I'm sure they were all different. Um, but like, speak on those experiences. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, and I think I can even twist this so that like just someone who maybe is not necessarily like into that into that because again like. Meathead doesn't want to talk to a person that's just starting out. Starting out person's like, don't make me look like that guy. But it's like, hey, you guys have so much more in common. You guys just don't know. Um, uh, and I'd say, I think the biggest difference is I go through like every one of them is like just being able to conserve energy more. Like, um, I think that's huge, huge. And I think like the best athletes kind of know how to do that. It's like they conserve energy so that they can really... Like, stretch it out over over the long run um it's like again like with bodybuilding we know those guys that were super extremists at the point it's like they did it for three years and now they're like no you know um that's the extreme side of that and i think with my preps the biggest difference has been uh remember like my first prep i remember just like day one i, I felt like i was walking everywhere marching like, you know like uh like day one you know like yeah. like it's like bro you're gonna burn out um, and then with every prep, it's, it, I think you kind of know what it takes. So you kind of know what you need to get to like, like in a marathon, like this is where I need to be for like mile 10, for mile 15, for mile 20 in terms of like mental energy. And um, I think obviously that's made the preps a lot more tolerable, but also a lot more successful and more bottom line. If you have more kick at the end, hey, that's not a bad thing. Um, but then also it's just left more of me available when it comes to like other things. Cause I am not using more energy on this specific task than, than, than I need. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference between rookie and like, like vet, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and I guess how, how long did it take before you got into the pro stage and pro levels and stuff like that? And, uh, I guess how long did you compete for before, uh, you got up there? 
So I, I think when you look at it, it's like, oh, that was rather quick. But, you know, since I skipped uh, my teenage competitive years, mm-hmm. um, then I'm like, well, I'm, when I go back, I'm only going to do the open and I want to compete with like the grown ass men. So I basically gave myself like a good five years to like really develop something. By the time it was done, it's like, oh, I had enough muscle to like, you know, be a competitive pro. So first year I took that muscle, I messed it up. Um, so only year I've done back-to-back preps was that year. And then 2008, I have to do it again because I'm like, I'm not sitting well with how that went. And then we got a mentor, we got a coach actually, Lane Norton was my coach. And, um, and I, I got pro qualified in the WNBF that year and, and I did my first pro show and I got 11th out of 11th, so dead last. Um, which is what I needed because I had won every single show and every overall, uh, the three before that. So it was it was exactly what I think a rookie needs, like the welcome to the league, you know? Um, what was the difference yeah. between that, I guess, the first year and then when you hired Lane um, as far as like structure, routines, things like that? Um, what, were the, what was the game changer for you? This is this is a, it goes back to the like bodybuilders thinking they're just unique and special, man. Because I remember when you know people would ask me, like, so how do I lose weight? I'm like, you gotta count your calories, man. You know that's where it's at. But like me as a bodybuilder, I wasn't doing that. I'm like, that's for the regular folks, man. So the main difference was in 2008 we actually started to count our calories, and whoa, it, it worked, you know, and uh, it worked way better than a qualitative diet where, you know, basically as long as the foods are clean, I'm like, this is what I'm going to eat. And I'll just remove carbs as I go. Um, that was the plan the first time. And then, yeah, counting calories. I'm like, whoa, my mind is like blown. Like this is science working on my body right now. I I couldn't believe it, dude. It, it actually, that was a turning point for me where I'm like, because I didn't know if I was going to stay natural my whole life. Um, but seeing that sort of control that I had over my body, I was like, this is a gift, man. Like we can control and manipulate things to this extent. I think, I think I'm good. I think I'm, I'm going to continue to, to just go down this because I'm very happy and appreciative of like what my body can do. Awesome, man. I, I'm going to say that was, that was my game changer too. Uh, you know, I was always able to maintain a certain amount of weight. Um, but I guess once we got into the like bodybuilding side, you you really brought me on to that, like the whole macros and everything. And um, and when we started doing that and I started actually seeing these changes, I was like, holy shit, this is this is it, man. This is this is the way <laughs> I do this earlier. Right. Yeah. I know. I like I wish I was doing this in my 20s, yeah. you know, early 20s. So I guess speaking on that, you know, everybody always asks me what's what's the best diet. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on keto, intermittent fasting? If someone was to ask you that question, how, how would you answer that? See, I think some people find use with that. Like it's like they find a style or a, a group of people, a, a tribe, and they join it and it works for them. And then ironically, they tend to be the ones that are the, the, the loudest when it comes about like, whatever the, the diet might be, you know, the carnivore, whatever it might be. Whereas I think the best way to go about it is like, you know what, let's, let's go back. Let's learn about like the principles. Let's slow. Let's learn about like the calories. Let's learn about what, how protein is important, fiber, you know, fruits and vegetables. Let's learn about all that stuff. And then based off that, <clears throat> you give the person something that 
like we said, is just a little bit above what they can handle right now, you know? And they push and they push and it's like, cause again, it's like, if someone came to me and they were like 425 pounds, I don't know why I paused it. Like, like, <laughs> like four, what am I gonna say 475? Or I, was, I was waiting for something dramatic there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're 400 and 700 pounds. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. You know, someone like that, I think, yes, like we're going to have the educational component as well. Mm. But at the same time, it's, if I just tell them, Hey, how about this? We have one meal that's only protein and then we get rid of all our soda. That's all. It's like, why make them, you know what I'm saying? And then they're going to see the results and they're going to be like, yo, Coach, feed me. I, I need more of this because because this is working. I'm ready for that next thing. And they're eager and confident, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, education, teaching them the fundamentals. But then like in regards to like what you apply to them, a lot of it has to be like, well, what are they ready for? Where did you come from? And then what does happen is like is you learn more, you learn the fundamentals. You might realize that, hey, you know what? Like I've never been a breakfast person. Like breakfast makes me feel eh. Mm-hmm. And I... I I'm in a calorically restrictive diet right now. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and push my calories to like, I won't eat to like 1 p.m. the way I used to before I thought I had to because of fitness, right? Um, and guess what? Now they're like, they're doing the intermittent fasting, right? But they didn't start there. It's like they learned all these things and then naturally that's where they went. So um, yeah, I think it all goes back to education first, you know, before like, you know how it goes, it's like, you you know, you tell a surgeon, what is the tool for what this person has? Like, well, what do we need to do to this person that, that has X problems? Like, oh, well, we need to cut him up, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. And the carpenter is like, oh, the hammer, the hammer. So I think things tend to be oversimplified a little bit too much. Um, and it's, 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 it's important that you assess what are the client's needs. Uh, with the exception of education, I think for everyone, it's like you're going to have to learn a little bit and think about anything that you learned that was hard because you're new and didn't know anything. At the end, it was so worth it and you became more autonomous because of that. What would be your your f- like four to five fundamentals? So we, we said protein already was one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, like, learn that calories matter, you know, mm-hmm. um, and learn about like how much you need. I think that's that's huge. Um, and then after that, yeah, it would be it would be the protein. You know, I think protein, um, it's it's the one thing that every diet that kind of makes sense like has you know that holds kind of high up there. So calories, the protein. Um, I'd also be okay with the fact that yes, we're going to include, you should include some foods that you like just because you like, you know, like ranch Doritos. I don't know if they still make those. If if that is like your thing, you know, it's like, okay, we can, we should have an inclusive diet, but then also I guess be open to the fact that, you know, our palates change with time. Like, you know, there's foods that we eat that they would have given to us as kids. It would have been like, no way, man. Like that's, that's, that's kind of gross, you know, but like your palates change. So eventually if you expose yourself to, um, advantageous foods because, you know, calorically they're not as dense and there's other, you know, micronutrient benefits to it. I like salads now, man. That was not the case, 
like uh, like even like 12 years ago, like my first two preps, I had no greens, which is not a great thing. But um, but yeah, you know, you 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 can reprogram yourself, you know, and and your behaviors and your palates and and what brings you joy via food. Um, and kind of kicking off that one, I'd say the other one is is yeah, like learn how you behave, like like almost when it comes to food issues, it's it's, it's different because an alcoholic is just like, well, dude, you're just not going to be able to drink the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, with food, it's, 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 we, you can't tell someone who's 425 pounds, like, Hey, you just, you have a problem with food. We just got to stop eating, you know, I'm going to feed the beef for forever now. So, um, I think it's important to, to really nail down what you do. Like if maybe when you cried as a kid, you're, your parents to kind of shush you and be like, here's like a freaking ice, you know, ice pop or something, you know, like that stays with you. Now that's your coping mechanism. And you realize that, Oh wow. Like that's what I do when I'm stressed. Let's find another way to get, you know, to get that sort of, um, to, 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 uh, I guess actually fix the stress as opposed to like put a bandaid on it. Right. So, so yeah, learning how you tick is, is so important. Like we are, in many ways, like, like I look at dogs and I'm like, man, dogs are so trainable, you know, mm-hmm. but humans, I think we're even more trainable because if we understand why we're doing what we're doing, uh, that just adds an extra layer, you know? Um, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's amazing. Some of the behavior modifications I've, I've seen in, in, in people over the years and, and no one gave them a chance of like, getting to that point so yeah i know i guess i believe in people a lot but uh but yeah yeah i guess those would be my basic like, fundamentals for people who are trying to make food the ally and, and not the enemy 100 percent, i agree with you man i mean uh going going to that last point you made I, like i was a, a big stress eater um and and definitely more during my first prep uh that was like a big awareness for me I, like i didn't realize how I went to food whenever I was down, whenever I was like under a lot of stress. And, and that was like a, a big barrier for me when it came to the prep. Um, that's kind of what, like, what ended up messing up my, my progress, you know? But uh, this time around, I feel like that behavior has improved. Like I have a much better handle on it. And, and it was cause I, have, I went through that and I became aware of it, so. Yeah, yeah, no, this, this uh, again, fitness is, a lot of things and it does expose you to a lot of parts of you that I think would not have been noticed had you not started this, you know? Mm-hmm. 100% man. Um, all right, brother. I, that's the main questions I got for you. I, I think this was solid. I appreciate you giving me the time here and I'm again, super grateful for you. You've, uh, you've changed the game for me big time. You've helped me help a lot of people as well. Um, Because I've learned from you so much, everything that you're saying here, things that I've implemented myself with people. Um, So thank you again, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. And, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants. So like like you talked about, like Lane and and Dr. Joe, like it's like I'm on both their shoulders and they're on other people's shoulders. And um, and that's 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 how we get better, man. You know, by like, yeah, just leaving things better than how we found them. You know, so I like to think that, hey, in like 50 years, I'm not going to believe I'm still alive. Uh, just what fitness looks like. It's like, whoa, like we were so 
archaic. Like you ever seen those like old videos of like those ladies that got shaking on that machine? Like it's like, yeah, it's like, like I hope that the contrast is similar to that. Um, but we definitely look to be on our way. It's 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 getting much better, and in part, a lot of it is because of you know people like you out there who are. Uh, yeah, you know, going against the grain in many ways because it, you know, your system. I'm sure it's it doesn't guarantee as many things because you can't guarantee anything. You know, and it's right. like, hey, what you're going to have to learn to, um, and it's just basically you not lying to these people. And 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 there's more and more people approaching it from from that angle. And I think, yeah, that's that's how it should be. That's what brings the best results. And um, I'm thankful for that. Awesome, man. Good stuff, man. So, uh, wh where where can people where can people find you? Um, so, 3D Muscle Journey uh, that is our website, and uh, uh, through there, it's like a lot of continuing like education. We have archives and archives, years and years of like articles. If you like it there, you'll be there for a while, like looking through everything. Um, and then my favorite platform because it's it's the one I'm most familiar with at this point, and I think it's custom made for fitness I'm, I'm on instagram a whole lot so uh nunez 3dmj and uh and yeah i try to educate a little bit of everything in there and uh and yeah yeah like you like you man trying to leave this place better than how i found it 100 so um guess fi final thing you know we're all going through this covid 19 crisis situation um, anything that you'd like to share with people, um, you know, before we close this out, like for their health or, you know, whatever it is. So on the other side of this, you know, you know how it goes. It's like the people who are most at risk are the people who are least healthy, you know, uh, old and least healthy. Um, I think after this, you know, there's, I think there's gonna be some good that comes out of it, you know, but one of the things that kind of relates to our is the fact that um, people are gonna, I think you're gonna see a lot of like 40 and 50 year olds like, man, I'm getting to the gym. Just when this thing comes around next year, like I, I wanna be prepared. So I think it's going to push people to be healthier, to be a little bit more resilient. So I can definitely see people like running to the gyms for what I think is, a, I think it's a very good why. It's like, okay, like, yeah, I, I, I wanna be around to play with my grandkids. I, I'm. There I go, sign me up, you know? So I can see health just being, uh, you know, and especially, especially preventative medicine, which is what we do without thinking we do that. Uh, I can see that just being of greater importance to like society as a whole. Awesome, man. Good stuff. All right, Alberto, I appreciate you, man. Um, hey. Anything else? No, man, we, we rocked it, dude. We rocked it. Uh, when was your last meal, man? Me? Yeah. Um, not too long ago. It was uh, about an hour and a half. I needed some food before I came on here, so. That's why <laughs> I say, yeah. You'll so get up. Fresh, I'm like, I know you had a bagel or something before you hopped on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Fueled up. Yeah, man. So, hey, man. No, thank you for having me, dude. That was my pleasure. And uh, if you want to do this again, we'll do it. Awesome. Sounds good, brother. All right. All right. Send you my update tomorrow. Hey, right on. I'll be looking out for that. All right. All right, bro. I'll talk to you. Let's see.